you got your Bibles, uh, you've got your Bible app or whatever, however you access the Bible, then turn to Luke chapter 3. We're going to read the first six verses and then we'll move to verse 21 and 22. Luke chapter 3, we'll start at verse 1. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Eturia, and Trachonitis and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of, wor- of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. And verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Amen. Now I have a feeling that if um, I asked you to score yourself according to how good your prayer life is, it would be quite interesting, would it? I wonder how many of you would score close to 100 out of 100? And how many of you would score less than 50? Or how many of you maybe would be uh, even lower than that? Because I get a feeling, or maybe this is just me, that there is a feeling that we can do better when it comes to prayer. Is Is that true or is it only me? There's 10 of us. Good. I'm glad there's 10 of us. Then my preach is worth it today. That I get a feeling that we sort of get a bit frustrated when it comes to prayer. We hear a lot about it. Well, there's a, probably you've heard lots of sermons about it. You maybe even go along to a prayer meeting, and we have some great prayer meetings here. Tuesday morning this week is the Ladies Focus Prayer Group, I think. Is that right? This, this Tuesday, 10.30 till 11.30, we have some evening prayer meetings, one for mission on a Sunday evening. We've got one tonight, as I've already announced. We, when you meet in your small groups, I'm guessing you pray, and we have other opportunities to pray as well. But I'm guessing that even when we go and do that, that we get this feeling that, you know what, I, I, I know I can do better. The trouble is we don't know what better means, do we? I have no idea what doing better at prayer means. Does it mean praying for longer? Does it mean praying in, in a different way? Does it mean uh, praying with words that, that are very profound and very, very connected to God or just long words that sound as if we're praying a little bit better? I don't know. And that's the problem when it comes to prayer. We're not quite sure what it looks like or how it happens or what it should be. And for many of us, you know, I've been a follower of Jesus for, oh my goodness, I hate to think how long I've been a follower of Jesus, but a very long time. And I still feel like I'm a student, still a pupil when it comes to praying. And it was always bad when you were growing up as a Christian, and I think it can happen now as well, when you hear somebody else pray out loud. And that person seems to have got it all sorted, don't they? And they intimidate you with the free flow of their words and how many long words they use and how many verses of Scripture they quote and how, with all of that, they seem as if they connect to the very heavens. 
there's something about them and you think, do you know what? They have sort of cracked what it looks like to pray. And oh, I'm never going to be able to pray like that. So I don't know why I should even try. And it's hard because we have a feeling then that we're sort of somehow failing when it comes to praying. But I need to tell you this morning, the good news is that Jesus doesn't see you as failing in prayer. He doesn't look at you and think you can do better. He's pleased when you even mention his name. He's pleased with you when you create space to connect with him in prayer, have a conversation with him, because after all, that is what prayer is about, isn't it? Opportunities to just talk. To the Father, to the Son, to the Spirit. And Jesus is glad when you take time to do that. And he thinks in that moment that you're winning this battle. The battle that it is to pray. In Luke chapter 11, one of his disciples, Luke writes, said to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And I believe it's that attitude that all of us can still have. Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't it interesting? Well, it is to me. (laughs) Whenever a preacher says that, it's not interesting to anybody other than the preacher, obviously. But isn't it interesting that we don't read any time that they ask Jesus, teach us how to heal the sick. I don't find that in the Gospels at all. They didn't say to Jesus, teach us how to cast out demons. They didn't say to Jesus, teach us how to preach. Because Jesus was good at all those three things, so why not ask him to teach them to do them? No, they just simply asked him, teach us to pray. And that was it. It's the only time we read when they made a specific request to say, Jesus, teach us to pray. Now that seems to me that this is pretty important then. This is quite an important part of what it looks like to follow Jesus, that the disciples were keen to learn from Jesus how to pray. Because I think they realized that everything else starts from prayer. If you're going to heal the sick, it starts from prayer. If you're going to cast out demons, it starts in prayer. If you're going to preach the word, it starts in prayer. If you're going to go on mission, it starts in prayer. If you're going to reach people with the good news of Jesus, it starts in prayer. And that is the foundation for everything that happens. The connection with God has to be the primary place, the beginning point for all those who choose to follow Jesus. Because when they watched Jesus pray, before he did any of those things, they saw the outcomes in and through the life of Jesus. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him and heard him preach the word. They saw him him bring, enable people to come to know the Father. But they saw him start in prayer. That was the starting point. And so no wonder... No wonder they said to the greatest teacher, teach us to pray. And Jesus turns to them and says this. He says simply, when you pray, say. When you pray, say. Say this. And here is the beginning 
of this adventure of prayer that Jesus wanted his followers, not only his disciples, those first ones, but for us as well today, to begin this adventure of what it looks like to pray before we do anything else. Because Jesus is of the opinion that all of us can pray. He didn't single out two very special disciples and say, no, you you guys, you're the ones I'm going to teach. No, no, no. When you pray, when you pray, say. And he encourages all people to get involved in what prayer looks like. As the old hymn says, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon their knees. No wonder that the whole of heaven is shaking and the whole of hell is shaking when God's people begin to pray. It's not only that we're invited to pray by Jesus, but when we pray, we develop this deeper relationship with Jesus. And I think it's that that actually is the beginning point of this whole journey. Prayer can feel very intimidating. Prayer can feel like some mystery. Prayer can feel very dry on certain days when we get there and it's like these words seem to just be bouncing off the ceiling. It's like the heavens are brass and nothing is getting through. But he still encourages us, inspires us, compels us. Can I say commands us to pray? To be on our knees and begin this dialogue with the Father. And even though you may feel intimidated, it doesn't mean that you can't pray yourself. Because just because you can't sing like Pavarotti doesn't mean you shouldn't sing, does it? Well, some people maybe not. Just because you can't play an instrument like Paganini doesn't mean you shouldn't play an instrument, does it? Just because you don't drive a Porsche doesn't mean you can't drive a car. And just to re-emphasize this point, I was working hard this week. Just because you can't dance like Madonna doesn't mean you shouldn't dance. Just because you can't play football like Messi doesn't mean you shouldn't play football. And just because you can't cook like Mary Berry doesn't mean you shouldn't cook. I've made my point more than and too long, but you get the point. Just because you don't think you can pray like the next person or pray like Jesus prayed doesn't mean you shouldn't pray. So... We're going to take some time during this Lent season, during the Sundays of Lent, to watch Jesus pray and to begin to pray with Jesus. Because if you have the attitude of the first followers, look, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? I think that will be the best starting point that we can all have. No matter where we are on the scale of how good or bad our prayer praying is, I believe that there's an invitation to go deeper in prayer and to build that sort of rhythm in our lives that enables God then to do even more than he's doing. So let's pray with Jesus, shall we? Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist, the voice calling in the wilderness to a society that was in the wilderness at the time, is preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah. John preaching a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins. He's made clear already that he isn't the Messiah, but there was one coming who would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And when everyone was being baptized, Luke 3.21, Jesus was baptized too. Now I'd love to preach you a sermon today about why Jesus was baptized, but I'm not going to. You can work that out for yourselves, okay? 
Why did Jesus need baptized? That, that's your Sunday afternoon homework. Why do you think Jesus was baptized? But I want to get on to verse, 20, uh, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was ba- baptized too. And as he was praying, what happened? Heaven was opened. Wow. That's a great sort of prayer, isn't it? Heaven was opened. As Jesus was praying, heaven was opened. You want to pray like that? Do you want your prayers to open up the heavens? Because I believe that they can. And I believe that they will if we learn from Jesus about how we too can do that. When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's the starting point for us to pray. It's the, it's the beginning place. It's like the first words a, a, a toddler begins to utter. I think Jesus is saying these are the first words for those of us who are followers of Jesus. These are the beginning sounds that we begin to make to connect with the Father who longs to hear our voice. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Those are heaven opening prayers. And as soon as we say those words, you know, I can just see God getting ready. Getting ready for what is going to come next. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And God's attention is grabbed in that moment and his ear is attentive to your prayer. No matter what you're feeling yourself, he is ready to listen. Now God doesn't need to hear those words for his own sake. He's not some egotistical guy with a beard on some cloud. He doesn't need to hear those words for his sake, but he's given us those words for our sake. So that when we utter them, we suddenly build a bigger vision of who it is we're talking to. We're not just talking to some colleague or some neighbor or some family member. We are talking to the creator of the world, our Father in heaven. And so as we pray those first words, the whole of creation is hanging on what we're going to say next. Heaven is opening up to hear the prayers of his people. And why wouldn't you start by praising the creator of all things? Why wouldn't you start by acknowledging all that he's given to you, all that he's done for you? Why wouldn't you start a conversation by, thank, by saying, God, I recognize who you are and I'm putting you in your rightful place. That's why the Psalms, you, you look at 150 Psalms, I haven't counted them, but I would guess the vast, vast majority of them start with words of praise. Before anything else is said in those Psalms, which the Psalms were the prayer book of Jesus after all, they were the prayers he prayed. They start with words of praise, a lifting of the eyes, a lifting of the heart, a lifting of the voice to the heavens above everything that has gone on in and around our lives. And it's as if suddenly God is there. We have focused our attention on him. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
And when we pray, it reveals who God is and it reveals everything that comes with him and it reveals who we are. We get a right position for us as well and what we need above everything to lift our eyes to the heavens. And this is the first thing about heaven opening prayer. Heaven opening prayer, I believe, starts in praise. We start with praise. Holy, holy, holy. It's the perpetual, repetitive cry in the heavens, isn't it? Over and over, again and again, repeat after repeat. Holy, holy, holy. Revelation 4 verse 8 says, day and night, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They never stop saying it. Holy, holy, holy. And one day we're going to join in with those words. And it's great to start practicing now, to be honest. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's the song of heaven. It's been singing, been sung for eternity and it will continue to be sung for eternity. So why shouldn't we start our prayers? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's the starting point for every note of praise. And we might think it's boring. Aren't the angels bored now? Singing holy, 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 the same song over and over again, day after day, night after night, repeating the same sound. They haven't moved on from it yet. And maybe neither should we. Because those words may seem boring to us, but they're not boring to the Father who's hearing the praise of his people. It's the starting point for heaven opening prayers. Our Father in heaven, holy, holy, holy is your name. You deserve the highest praise for you've done great things. And it lifts our eyes, it lifts our hearts, it opens our ears, it lifts up our hands, it opens up our minds. Our whole posture changes when we start prayer by praising the Father who is in heaven. And we're asking the one who can tear open the heavens to make himself known to us. I've been thinking a lot about old songs this week. There's another one that says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Because how, how many times this week have you been struggling with something and you've been frustrated by it? And the, the world around you has grabbed your attention and it's like, turn your eyes. Give him praise. Take a moment to lift up your whole being. Pause in the midst of all the chaos that may be happening around you and lift up your eyes for a moment. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And as Jesus was praying, heaven was opened. And what happened next? Heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. See, once the heavens are open, once we've opened those heavens with the cry of holy, 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 God is ready to give. He's ready to pour out his presence upon us. Because heaven's open now. 
The channels are open. There's no interference now. We're tuned in perfectly to it. No hiss, no chatter. Holy, holy, holy. God's ready to pour out his spirit. The Holy Spirit descended on him. You'll see your adoration of God allows God's space to fill you up. See, prayer isn't a transaction. You know, God isn't looking for something from you in order to give you something back. No, no, no. This is about transformation. Prayer is about transforming you in that moment. One way, top down, heaven to earth, the divine to the human, the eternal to the transient, the powerful to the weak, the hidden to the visible. This is God's gift to those who lift their heads and cry to the heavens. Heaven opening prayers. It starts in praise but God swiftly moves to his presence. Because when we recognize who God is, then we'll receive what God has to give. See, very often, I don't know about you, but for me, I just want to get to the asking bit of prayer, don't you? Goodness me, I just want to ask him for stuff. Much easier. I want to ask him for power, because I need that. But I've begun to realize that perhaps I'm so busy asking, seeking God's power, when all God wants to give me is his presence. We'll ask for for very legitimate things when it comes to God. Of course, healing for someone. Of course we we should ask for healing for someone. Peace for the world. Why wouldn't you want to ask for peace for the world? Or the end of war or provision of food for the hungry or friends of yours or family members to come to know Jesus. Of course you want to ask for that. But I think we need to take time before then to receive what he wants to give us. And he's asking us actually, are you ready to receive my presence, the Holy Spirit with you as Jesus received on that moment as heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. This is the Father's gift and we need to be ready to receive it. If we just launch into ours, I mean, the gift is waiting for us and he's so eager to give it to us and how we need it, how we need this gift of his presence as we walk through life in the chaos, in the confusion, in the frustrations that happen, how we need his gift and it's ready for us. Heaven's ready to open, to give this gift to those who pause to cry out to him. And then what happens next? And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. See, when heaven opens, it's not only about the presence that comes to us, but it's God's promise is revealed to us as well. A voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Prayer reminds us who God is. But it also reminds us who we are, that you are his daughter, you're his son, you're his child who he loves. And prayer enables you to know that again at the moment that you begin to pray, heaven opens and the Holy Spirit comes. But a voice comes to reassure you today as you begin that you are his child and he loves you. And he's pleased with you. What a great starting point, isn't it, for any day? To start knowing that he is pleased with you. 
That's what transforms our lives. That's what sets us off into a day that might be full of all sorts of frustrations and challenges. But it sets us off knowing that we start from that position. Those words ringing in your ears as you get up off your knees, ready for whatever the day is going to hold. You're my child. With you, I'm well pleased. I love you. Because I'm guessing in your day, you hear lots of negative words, do you? Do you hear that? Don't be late home. Have you remembered to put the bins out? Sorry, this, this is not my personal experience, by the way. I, I want to say that. I never hear that at all. Because I put them out without being asked anyway, the bin, so it's fine. Have you fixed the toilet yet? I never get asked for that because I couldn't fix it anyway. Don't forget to fill up with petrol. Don't forget to pick up the kids. Oh, you forgot to pick up the kids. Thanks very much for forgetting to pick up the kids. Get that report done. The deadline's, the deadline's yesterday. Your boss is demanding something from you as well. Something's broken again. You've got to fix it. You know, we hear all those words, don't you, in a day? I mean, it's natural, isn't it? That's how we function, yeah? And we need to hear them, don't we? I need to hear those words. But we also need to hear, hear the words of the Father who sets us off reassured, knowing that we're loved. And rather than being told what you haven't done, what you should have done, what you need to do, the Father says, you are my child, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. It doesn't mean you shouldn't put the bins out, by the way, when you're asked. But remember the foundation you stand on. And can I just say, what if you never take time to pray? What if you never take time to hear those words? What if you just launch into a day and you never hear the words of the Father who says, you are my child whom I love, I'm well pleased with you. What if you never hear those? What sort of day are you going to have? I mean, nothing may change in your day, but actually you'll be changed to face the day. But what if you do take time to hear those words? What if you do take time to firstly give praise to the Father, to see heaven open? What if you do take time to receive the presence of the Spirit? What if you do take time to hear the promise of the Father who says, you are my child? What if you do that? Imagine. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you can see the impact it has. Heaven opening prayer in chapter 4, verse 13, it enabled Jesus to overcome temptation. To overcome temptation. He was tempted, but heaven opening prayer enabled him to overcome it. Luke chapter 4, verse 21. Heaven opening prayer enabled Jesus to be clear about his mission, about what he'd come to do. And those for me are two great reasons to begin in that place of prayer to overcome temptation, to be clear about your mission. And we will see during this series many more things that happen to Jesus as a result of this intimate relationship with his Father. And if you're still not convinced, prayer is an act of defiance 
It's an act of defiance to pray. It's an act of defiance to get on your knees. It doesn't, it doesn't get stuck in our own brokenness then or our own despair or our own despondency. It reminds God who he is and it helps us remember who we are talking to every time we pray. It's an act of defiance against the world, against the flesh, against the devil. An act of defiance to begin to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Because then prayer stops being directed by our current circumstances and it gets defined by our continuing confidence in the God who is big enough always to open heaven and to see his will done here on earth through people like you and me. So Jesus, will you teach me to pray? Will you teach me to pray? And Jesus responds today to you. Let's start here. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Take a moment and just speak out those simple words to him right now. You might want to stand. If you'd like to stand, please do. If you want to sit and just open up your hands on your lap the musicians are going to come and uh, we're going to sing a song in a moment it's called hymn of heaven but before we do that let's just take a pause shall we and you might just want to speak out those very simple words you might want to just say holy 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 is the lord our father in heaven hallowed be your name take a moment And in the stillness of your words, allow heaven to open, the Holy Spirit to be poured into your life once again, and for you to hear his promise, you are my child, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Father, we praise your name. Please make your presence known. And let us hear your promise to each one of us today. Thank you, Father.